You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleaver, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleaver.com. You know, I've had the honor and privilege, you want to dance? Uh, the honor and privilege to do many different funerals. And most of the time, I, I go up and I, I talk to the family or I'll talk to them before the funeral and I ask them, I say, okay, so tell me some good things about your family member. <laughs> Excuse me. And oftentimes, they have many nice things to say about them. But there was this one time, and sometimes I do funerals of people that don't go to our church. I don't always do that, but sometimes I do. And for some reason, I felt like I needed to do this funeral. I never met this, this young man. I never met his family. And the son was the one that was talking to me. And he, we raised the time, and the funeral just so happened to be on Veterans Day. So I called the son, and I said, hey, can I meet you at your house? I drove out. I think he lived in the Joshua area somewhere. And I drove out to his house, and I said, hey, let's sit down. Let's talk. Tell me some stories about your dad. I said, first, let's start with some good memories that you have about your dad. Tell me about those. He goes, I don't have anything good to say about my dad. I'm sitting there with my notepad going, uh, I said, well, give me. I just said, okay. I said, nothing? Just, yeah, nothing. I don't have anything good to say about my dad. So, okay, well, I said, can you give me a story, something? I said, I can't just get up there and say nothing. He goes, I don't have anything to say, nothing good, nothing at all. I'm sitting there going, what am I gonna do, man? I mean, I gotta have something to talk about, right? So I got to the funeral, they gave me nothing to say. Mind you, it's Veterans Day, okay? Veterans Day is the key here. I get up, I do the funeral, I talk to, I talk to the funeral director. Now, if you've ever done a funeral, I always get with the funeral director and I say, bud, hey, what do I need to know? Do I, do I need to know anything? Remind you, it's Veterans Day. Anything I need to know about the funeral today? No, sir. No, sir. You just do the funeral and I'll, I'll be there with you. Okay, great. I get to the end of the funeral. I had nothing to say. I get to the end and the funeral director comes up to me and goes, hey, did nobody tell you he was a veteran? That would have been helpful five minutes ago. I asked you if you had anything to say. But here's the moral of the story. May you never be someone that when you get to the end of your life, that no one has anything good to say about you. You know, I'll, I'll probably have the honor of doing most everybody's funeral. Give me something good to say about you. So if you have your Bibles, grab them. Go to Luke chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 19. It's 19 through 31. Uh, if you'd like to follow along with your phone, if you didn't bring a Bible, we have it on the Hope Church Cleburne app. Go into your Google Play or your Apple Store. Type in Hope Church Cleburne. Or if you have the Bible app, go to your events. You can follow along there. This is 20-something verses. Uh, so instead of me reading them, uh, I thought... I'd give you a dramatic depiction. So if you'd like to follow along, it's Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 31. We got a dramatic reading. Follow along. Let's go. There was once a very rich man who dressed like a king and lived in a lap of luxury every day of his life. 
In the same town, there was also a very poor and sick man named Lazarus, who was covered all over in dreadful sores. His life was so miserable that he longed to have even the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. And Lazarus had no friends, save the dogs that came and licked his sores. And time went by, and he finally died. And the angels came, and they carried him straight to heaven in the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died. But instead of going to heaven, he went into hell, where he was in torment from the fire. But he could look over, and he could see Abraham with Lazarus beside him. The rich man called out across the abyss, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue. For I am in agony in this fire. Son, remember that in your life on earth you had everything your heart could desire. And Lazarus had nothing. Now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides, don't you see? There is a huge chasm between heaven and hell. No one can go from heaven to where you are, even if they wanted to. And no one can come here from hell. But the rich man answered, Father, I beg you, send Lazarus to my father's house. For I have five brothers and he needs to warn them so they don't end up here in this place of torment. Abraham told him they have the written words of Moses and the prophets that is enough I know but they don't believe it but if someone could come back from the dead then they would change their ways then Abraham said no my son if they don't believe what Moses and the prophets have said, then they won't be convinced. Even if someone rises from the dead. You know, one thing that our world always asks us, show me a sign that God is real. That last verse, I just want you to listen to it. It says, if they do not hear Moses... And the prophets, this is Luke 16, 31, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. The only proof that you need that God is real is that Jesus rose from the dead. And many of you would say, well, prove it. Well, guys, the one thing that the Roman army could have done, one of the greatest military armies we've ever known, one thing they could have done to destroy Christianity from the jump is produce the body of Jesus, and they never were able to do it. So today, what I simply just want to unpack for you is what do we learn from this parable? What are some four things that we learn from this parable? Usually I give you three. Today you get a bonus point. You get four. 
You're welcome. You don't have to pay extra for that. It's just four, okay? Number one, status on this earth does not translate to heaven. Status here on this earth does not translate to heaven. The rich man remained anonymous. We don't know the rich man's name, but the poor man the Bible named. His name was what? Lazarus. The rich man had everything. The poor man had nothing. But guys, what the Bible is trying to paint for you is everything that you build up here on this earth is nothing. You only get to leave it here. Now guys, I'm about to tell you something and I I know this is going to be earth shattering for you because you know me. But growing up in high school, I was not the cool kid. I know that's really hard for you to understand. I mean, you're like, you're just like, man, I just don't see that. You know, at, in my high school, the show choir kids were not the cool kids in school. I, I'm sorry. You know, I was a musician. I just hung, hung out with the choir kids uh, and I was not one of the cool kids. Uh, in fact, I led worship from the age of 16 in my youth group. So I didn't get invited to any of the parties. I don't know why. Maybe it's because they were doing things they maybe should not have been doing. But... I would always run into my classmates. The Lord always gave me an opportunity. I'd go and ask my classmates. They'd ask me, what are you doing? Oh, well, I'm, I'm currently enrolled in school. I'm, I'm working hard to be a pastor. And I'd ask them, hey, how's your life? You know, I know you were going to marry your high school sweetheart. How are you and her doing? And they'd say, oh, well, we got divorced. And all these people that I'd put up on these pedestals had lived such hard lives. And man, I was sitting there, I was like, man... I don't want to walk in there and, and, and be around these people. And the Lord was working on my heart. My 10 year anniversary was coming up of my high school reunion. And you know, most of the time they have the 10 year reunion. I was like, Lord, I want to go. And he said, you know what? You need to go. I said, all right, fine. I'll go. Then the Lord showed favor on me. He canceled the high school reunion. Yes. Yes. But my 20 years coming up in 2023, so I'm like, <laughs> the Lord and I are wrestling again. I was like, I don't want to go. He's like, you need to go. They know who you are. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. It'll probably be canceled. I'm praying for that. Uh, but I'll go if the Lord says so, right? But here's the thing. Many of us think, and, and many of you students are in this place, we think that the high school prom king, high school sweetheart, what could get better than that? I'm here to tell you as an adult, there's a lot of things that could get better than that. A family, being together, having a lovely family, have kids that love you and want to have matching shoes like you. That's what it's all about. Right, Noah? Yeah, okay. I always pick on Noah, so I wanted to give something nice, okay? So I would give up being popular in this world if it means I have a greater status in God's kingdom. You know, I did, if, you, if you've been here a while, I did an illustration a long time ago. I tied a white rope to the back of the soundboard and I stretched it all the way to the stage. And I had a part of it colored red. And I said, this is how much time you are here on this earth. And I said, now just imagine this rope wraps around the world. That red part is the time that you spend on this earth. The rest of the rope that wraps around the world is your time that you will spend in eternity And guys, even that is not enough. So we focus on this red part, but we forget that everything we do in this red part determines what it'll be like in the kingdom of God. 
So don't invest so much on this earth that you only gain things on this earth. So number two, my second point is there are two final destinations. You can see very clearly what Jesus is trying to bring out in this story is that there are two final destinations. There's one thing that make, makes all men equal. Do you know what that is? Death. Every man has to die. Some would say death and taxes, but you know, some people get around paying taxes. But death is constant for everybody. And guys, this is very clear. This, the, the scripture is very clear. It says you end up in one of two places. It says in the ESV, it says in Abraham's side or Hades. They're like, whoa, 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 hang on. Hang on, pastor. I thought it was heaven or hell. Yes, eventually it's heaven and hell. Now let me give you theology 101, okay? What we understand about the end times is eventually there will be judgment. Eventually we will face judgment, but that judgment doesn't happen until after Jesus comes back. We have the great tribulation. Jesus rules and reigns on this earth and establishes his kingdom. Then we have the great judgment. Now, until that happens, we are still somewhere. Now, this somewhere for believers is Abraham's side. We are with our heavenly father, but we are not in our final destination because we've not yet been judged. In the same way, those of, who do not believe in Christ are in Hades. It is a place of torment, a place of waiting. That didn't sound nice, did it? But yet, at the great judgment, those that are in Hades will be judged and cast into the lake of fire. They haven't been judged yet, though. And so hear me. Yes, you will go somewhere. And if this is blowing your mind right now, just forget about it and just hear this point. When you die, you will go somewhere and it's permanent. Once you get there, you can't go anywhere else. You will be either with the Father or in eternal torment. Now, this paints a picture that it's hot. The rich man asked Lazarus, can you please just dip your finger in water so that I could have a taste, just a taste of water? But he couldn't do that. Now, how many of y'all growing up would play outside in Texas? 150 degrees outside and you're hot. And what's, what's better than grabbing a nice ice Limpton brisk iced tea, popping it up and just drink the whole thing. It's like manna from heaven, right? You're like, well, that's supposed to be water. Yeah, well, all we had was tap water at my house, so Limpton brisk iced tea was nice. We were, we were cheap at the Barm household, so all we did was we'd take our old Gatorade bottles, fill them up, and then put them in the fridge. Uh, that was bottled water back in my day. Uh, I know I lived a hard life. You can feel bad for me. Uh, <laughs> But occasionally, mom would buy the, the can of the brisk Limpton lemon iced tea. Whoo, baby. And I'd come from playing outside, playing hockey, pop open the iced tea, and just drink the whole thing. It was like my body just went cool. That's brisk, baby, right? Anybody? Okay. You'll get it when you get home. It's fine. But guys, I know this is... I know this is on every church sign in Texas during the summer. But what I want you to hear is if you think it's hot in Texas, imagine what it's going to be like in Hades, in hell. 
Now, I'm not, I'm not making fun. I'm not poking at you. I'm not going to put it on our church sign, okay? But what I'm saying is it's real. You're going to land somewhere, either heaven or hell. The rich man thought he had everything put together but realized he had nothing. So my question for you is, do you live your life in such a way that shows that you know your final destination is not on this earth? Are you spending more time developing toys, developing things on this earth, or are you making eternal investments? Number three, even in death, we are aware. We see very clearly in this passage that even in death, we are aware. They could speak, Abraham and Lazarus could speak to the rich man in Hades, but they could not reach him. Guys, I know this is hard to hear, but I truly believe that when we get to heaven, we will know who is missing and why they are missing. When we get to heaven, if we get there, and we know that there's loved ones missing. We know that there's our friends that are missing that we could have. I truly believe that God will give us a glimpse like we have in this picture of seeing them in torment. How many of you want to see the friends, the people that you love in torment just because you did not tell them about Jesus? And I know many of you are like, well, Pastor, I didn't go to Bible school like you did. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I don't know what to tell them. Guys, you can tell them something that I can never tell them. You can tell them your story of how Jesus changed your life. And if, guys, if you don't have a story of how Jesus changed your life, you need to get one. Or you're going to be with the rich man. Guys, you don't have to have all these theological terms. You don't have to know Hades before the great white throne right judgment and blah, 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 blah. You don't need to know that stuff. What you need to know is that Jesus changed your heart and just tell him that. And allow the Holy Spirit to do the work. Guys, did you know that we have a helper? Jesus told the apostles to wait. I've got a helper that's coming to help you do these things. You have access to this helper. It's the Holy Spirit. It will come and it will help you say the right things. As many times after a sermon, you'll come up to me and you'll tell me, you know, pastor, this spoke to me and this is exactly what the Lord spoke to me today. And I'll sit back and go, I didn't say that. That was weird. But the Holy Spirit used what I was saying for you to hear exactly what you needed to hear that day. The same is true with you when you're sharing your story with someone that needs to know Christ. Just tell them what Christ has done for you and how Christ has changed your life. And that'll be the exact thing they need to hear. Guys, listen. If you don't have a story of how Jesus changed your life, you need to get one before it's too late. So guys, don't let another day go by until you have shared Christ with someone that needs it. We never know if we will get another opportunity. You will never know what opportunities you have to share Christ with people. Guys, as a pastor, I deal with loss. I cannot tell you how many phone calls I've had of spouses that's 
that loved ones had passed away and they had no idea that was going to happen. Guys, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Guys, I'm 35. I feel like my life's ahead of me. I'll get to be with all my kids at all my kids' weddings. I'll get to walk my daughter down the aisle. That's my plan. But I don't know if I'm promised that. So I have to live my life in such a way that I'm making eternal investments so that if my plan doesn't work out, I've got something to fall back on and that is my presence in the kingdom of God. Guys, never give up the opportunity to tell someone about Christ. Now they may not always listen to you. And I know it's tough, especially family members. You know, I'm a pastor and my family, like still my family, like poked me, you know, about being a pastor from time to time. Like I have to pray at every, every meal. I'm like, yes, because I'm the pastor. Only the Lord listens to me. So I'm the only one that can pray before a meal, right? <laughs> they can hear everybody. That's what I'm saying. You, if I go to eat with you, you can pray. God hears you just as much as he hears me. I promise. Sometimes even more. Um, we'll get that later. Um, but guys, Never pass up the opportunity to share Christ with someone. It may be your last opportunity and you don't want to get to heaven and see that they are not there. Number four, get things settled before it's too late. Get things settled before it was too late. The rich man had everything settled and he had nothing. The poor man had nothing, but he had everything. Let that settle in. Sometimes we think that we have it all together, but we actually have nothing. But in God's kingdom, when he brings us to the point that we have nothing, that's when we have everything. And you know, I know what you're sitting there, you're like, that's counterintuitive, pastor. What are you saying? We have to get to a point to where we are fully reliant on God. Now, I want to make a deal. I want to make a deal with you today, okay? Most of you in this room, I will probably end up preaching at your funeral. Make me a deal today. Don't make me lie at your funeral. Okay? And you laugh, but I'm being serious. Because I'm going to stand up at your funeral. And I'm going to say that you're in heaven. Don't make me lie. Now you're like, well, pastor in the Bible says thou shalt not lie. You're right. And the Lord will deal with me for lying at your funeral if you're not there. But please don't make me lie. Please have everything together where I don't have to take the pulpit at your funeral and go, I hope I'm not lying. Now guys, the question you have to ask yourself this morning is if today was your last day on this earth, do you know without a shadow of a doubt that you will be with God? Now, I know instantly, most of us are like, well, sure. I was at youth camp when I was 16 years old and I walked the aisle and I said a prayer. That's a ritual. The church has done a huge disservice to you by telling you that walking an aisle and saying a prayer saved you. What saves you is a true relationship with Christ. That is the only thing that will save you. 
guys, I'm in a lot of pastors forums and the one things that I see that pastors say about other pastors and growing churches is they say, well, they can't be growing their church if they don't because they're not talking about hell, okay? So make a note in your mind that today, Sunday, August 23rd, I'm saying to you that hell is real. And you will go there if you don't choose to walk with Jesus today. I don't care if we have the biggest church in Cleburne. I'm always going to tell you that hell is real. Because what gets me out of bed in the morning is the fact that one day I will be able to see that you're missing. And that's my charge. I am over the fact that everyone in this room should be in heaven with me. So please be there with me. Now, here's the great thing. Everybody says to me, well, pastor, how can a loving God send people to hell? Good. I'm glad you're asking that question. God loves questions. But here's the fact. A loving God doesn't send anybody to hell. You send yourself. He gave you free will. And because you have free will, that means you can choose not to choose him. But if you don't choose him, there are consequences. And they're your consequences. Not his, because he gave you a free gift. If you didn't listen last week, go listen. That free gift is his son, Jesus Christ. And if you do not choose him, you're making the choice, not him. A loving God made a way where there seemed to be no way. You just have to follow him. So please, I'm begging you, follow him. Now, at the end of the service, I'm going to say a prayer But there's nothing magical about the prayer if nothing changes in here. Many times for us as humans, the most difficult, the most difficult connection is that connection that connects our heart and our brain. We can understand things, but we can't get it into here. And if we don't get it into here, we will not be changed. Guys, I've met some of the most biblical, smart people on the face of this planet that I know are going to hell. You're like, well, pastor, how can that be? Because it never changed them in here. It's got to change them here. So what does this mean for us in this happy-go-lucky sermon? I told you, Grant. I came to Grant's office and I'm in, man, I'm reading. I'm not finding anything good about this week. <laughs> Last week was really good. It was all lovey, touchy, dovey feeling. And this week I'm like, oh, there's nothing there. So, uh, yeah, that's parables. It'll get better. It probably won't. Um, so what does this mean for us? Number one, are you seeking worldly status or kingdom status? Are you seeking worldly status or kingdom status. Now guys, next month in September, we're going to celebrate 10 years of being a church. It's crazy to me. 10 years. I've been your pastor in, in the first Sunday in September. I've been your pastor eight years of those 10. But here's the cool thing. God has done so many wonderful things. But this isn't it. Now, God's been stirring a word in my heart. And I shared this at a staff meeting. And 
Understandably so, the, the staff looked at me like I was crazy. They do that a lot. It's not unusual. Because um, I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. And what us dreamers do, do is we sit and dream about the things that are not here that should be here. And God's been stirring a word in my heart and I was like, oh. And Miss Ruby sent me a 15-page email. <laughs> not lying. <laughs> Maybe 15 is a bit of an exaggeration. But she sent me a long email. She said, the Lord told me to tell you something. And it was long. And after I got done with that email, I was like, that's what the Lord's saying. We need to do it. So here's how I want to celebrate 10 years. And I want you to begin to pray into this. And I'll share more the third Sunday in September. So the third Sunday of September, mark it down. Not sure what day that is. 20th, I think. Sure. Uh, Third Sunday in September. We're going to have a big 10-year anniversary and we're going to have a good day. But what I feel like the Lord's telling us to do in our 10th year is to see 100 people baptized. Now you're like, whoo, pastor, you sure about that? Guys, if we don't pray for big things, God can never move mountains in our lives. And so guys, guys, I'm telling you, you begin to pray into this. Because it's not going to be pastors standing up here and getting 100 people saved. You know who's going to get 100 people saved? You. And here's my promise to you. You get your friends saved, you're going to baptize them. You know why? Because you're responsible for them. Guys, this is just a pep rally. I know this is hard to hear. People don't get saved in this room. They do from time to time. But the majority of the people that get saved get saved out there. We can't expect them to come into this room. It's not going to always happen. Now, some of you made your way into this room, and I'm super glad you're here. But the majority of the world wants nothing to do with us. You know why? Because we're not really nice people. But guys... Why can we not say it's not possible for God to change a hundred lives in our 10th year as a church? That should be our mission. That should be our goal. That means pre-corona, we had a church of 300 people. That means one third of all of us is gonna have to get one of our friends saved. You're like, wow, that's crazy. You can do it. And I guarantee you, I'll do my best to seek and save the lost right along with you. But guys, that's what it's all about. We are are seeking kingdom status, not worldly status. And the way we gain kingdom status is through one thing, lives changed. Without lives changed, we're nothing. Without lives being changed, I would not stand in front of here. Without lives changed, 10 years with Hope Church would matter Nothing. So number two, do you need to share your faith more? I said all that to lead up to right to this point. Do you need to share your faith with people more? You do not have to be a theologian. You do not have to have a degree from a Bible college. You have a story. Your story is more powerful than any sermon I can preach. Your life being changed is more powerful than any word I can bring for you from the Bible. Your life of how God changed you is all they need to hear. 
Number three, if today was your last day, do you know for sure that you would be in heaven? Now, I'm not talking, I'm not talking 16-year-old walking the aisle at youth camp and have never lived your life for Christ ever again. That's not a life change. That's a ritual. That's following what man has put in front of you. Now those, those pastors are well-meaning. They're trying to walk you through it, but it's down to you. If you say a prayer and it doesn't change you, then it's nothing. There's nothing magical about the prayer. It's all about what happens in here. So here's two things I want you to ponder. Number one, if you're there today and you have a story, if you could pinpoint in your life the exact time that you gave your heart over to Jesus. I was eight years old. I was in my bedroom at the house that I grew up in. I was on the top bunk. I gave my heart to the Lord. You're like, do you know the day and time? I don't know the day and the time, but I can remember the time like it was yesterday. I gave my heart over to the Lord and I know for sure at that moment my life changed and I was not different. You're like, well, you're eight years old. So? But can you pinpoint the time? And those believers, just like I can pinpoint the time that I knew in my heart that this woman was the woman for me forever. I knew that moment. It happened in a Starbucks in Abilene. Good things happen to Starbucks. I'm telling you. Everybody's like, why, Pastor, why do you like Starbucks so much? I fell in love with my lady at a Starbucks. Anyway. But guys, that's how impactful this relationship is to your life. I know the moment I fell in love with this woman. And I remember it like yesterday. In the same way, you should know the moment that you fell in love with your Savior. And if you don't, if you can't remember that moment, this needs to be your moment. So guys, those of you that know you've had that moment, I want you to sit here and I want you to pray today that who do you need to share your story with? That's what you need to be challenged because the only way we're going to reach those hundred lives being changed in our 10th year is you. That's the only way we're going to do it. And if we don't make it, it's because we were not obedient to what God called us to do. But guys, I know there's people here today that need to give their heart over to Jesus. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. But hear me. If you don't mean this prayer in your heart, it means nothing. It'd be much in the same way if I said vows to my wife at my wedding and then never did anything I ever said I was going to do. Do you think she would believe them? But guys... If you, say, if you say this and mean this in your heart today, I want you to pray after me. Noah, could you bring down the lights? Everybody bow their head, close their eyes, even if you don't need to pray this prayer. Now, guys, those of you out there that need to say this prayer this morning, I want you to say it with me. Now, I want you to say it to yourself. God can hear you inside of your head. God can hear you with that little voice inside your head. You don't need to say it out loud. And I want you to repeat after me. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I need you to save me. Cleanse me where I've failed you. Lord, I give you my life. Take my life and use it. 
I no longer want to live that life. I want to live this life with you today. Take my life and use it. Change me. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name.